0: Good morning, Mashi. Good evening, Dennis. I'm going for a classic, slightly kitschier one today, I love um, to hear it. which I always thought was just sort of an idiom and not necessarily an actual quote. But it is an actual quote from Jesse Scott, and it is "Friends are the family you choose." And I want to talk a little mm-hmm. bit about the way you choose the people you surround yourself with and how that impacts you as a person. Because you know, I'm in a position where I have friends that I've made now in my more adult life, friends that I've retained mm-hmm. from. From my childhood but i've done a really bad job of retaining friends from high school high school and college like actually terrible and i don't want to get your take on that on what you look for the people around you and you, who when you see somebody and you're like this person's going to stay in my life what draws you to somebody like that so i think there's
1: <clears throat> there's a lot of truth in this friends the family you choose but as we become older And as we are out on our own living independent lives, that's when we're really making those choices. Mm -hmm. High school is a microcosm.
0: Well, you're trapped with those people. You didn't choose those people, right?
1: (laughs) Exactly. Right. So some of them last and some of them don't. I'm guilty of what you're guilty of. I have my close friends um, and I'll randomly text them and stay in contact. Um, And a lot of times it's because something will trigger a memory. For sure. I've got a bunch of posters up here and some of them I got with my high school friends. And that's why I love them. And that line of communication, that shared experience, particularly of adolescence, anyone who's listening knows what that's like.
0: Mm-hmm. And so
1: that bond is there. But there's also, that's not who you are. That's not You change so much between who you are today, you know, I'm nearly 44, and who I was at 16. There's, Some of the if fundamentals pick, are still there.
0: If you were to pick the five years, I think, where people change most, I think it is probably between 16 and 21 that age group, right? Cause that's when you start a lot of, for a lot of people, that's when they move out of home for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. And that's when you start to become, I mean, I guess you could argue maybe 13 to 18 is similarly formative.
1: Yeah. That, that's actually what I'm debating. Um, it's, it's tough though. The, but the reason that I dig into this high school and the relationships and friendships we have there is because again, you, you have less agency. It's a, it's a closed pool.
0: Mm-hmm. Once
1: you get out into the real world, it's wide open. Yep. Right. We're friends. You're from Croatia, living in Ireland, Yep, and I'm in California, right? We, couldn't, we,
0: we couldn't, get much, you couldn't get much further away from me before you started coming back.
1: Right. And so that, that's how much the world opens up when you start to have this active agency and the friends you want. Now, I will say one of the other kind of idioms is like you are a composite of the five people you spend the most time around or the mm-hmm. five people you spend the most time with. And that's twofold, right? I think, right? That...
0: I think that that's because those people affect you and your thoughts, and those are the people you bounce your opinions and you have the most brush-ups mm-hmm. with, but also who those people are that you've selected to surround yourself with is a reflection of who you are internally. It's either a reflection of that, that they mirror some of the interests or concerns or values you have, or sometimes that they're the opposite.
1: And there's another element to that, though, which is, and this is where I've become a lot more active in who I surround myself with, is how much agency you have with that. Most of us are passive. Mm -hmm. People come and go in our lives and some stick, and then they become part of our inner circle. I am trying now to cultivate an inner circle that enriches me. And hopefully I can enrich those in that inner circle. And I Mm -hmm. think that's a key thing because we say this like friends are the family you choose, but we don't really choose that very few times do we actively say, "Holy shit, Dennis Straniak. I should reach out to him yeah. he's a, He's a sharp guy. I should pull him into my inner circle. I think that I have a lot to offer him, and I think he has a lot to offer me. I think we can grow together. I agree That's with not that how anyone I think approaches friendships.
0: People take a very passive stance. To they think there's this all this, the, it's the same, the same as true romantic relationships. You hear a lot of people say, you know, oh, it should click. It should be easy right away. And it should, it should feel. And I don't I don't think that's true at all. I don't think it should be super difficult. But both relationships and friendships require maintenance and investment and stoking mm-hmm. those flames. And like you said, sure, if you're passive about it, some things will stick. You'll have been in the same chemistry class for six years. So you'll you'll end up being friends because just by virtue of how many words you've exchanged or you'll have a colleague. How yeah, long that will that begin- stick? That's true. That that's what I was going to say. Those sort of circumstantial long term friendships don't tend to last. I have plenty of friends that I was super close to in high school and in college. That the second we graduated, and it wasn't even a conscious decision. You, no. you, you 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 realize that you were friends because of forced proximity, and there's nothing wrong with that. But it just means that when the pool is widened, you wouldn't pick each other out of a crowded room, and that's okay,
1: completely. And that, but see, that is in line with the quote you've brought today Mm -hmm. you haven't made the choice to make that friend right not choosing
0: is a choice as well sure right
1: and not having opportunity to really choose forced proximity forced proximity you haven't really made a choice no i do think there's a lot of power in trying to actively choose good people who you think you can grow with and cultivate that relationship the example i have is david Brewer, you know him. He owns a bunch of coffee chains. Entrepreneur-minded guy. Great customer service-oriented person. Um, but I think he's an artist and an incredible entrepreneur, always looking to start other businesses. And I always feel like I should spend more time with David. He's a great guy. I really like him. And he's very driven. And I do think he's got a lot you know, to, to offer me that I can grow with. And I personally just love hanging out with the guy. He, drink, he likes coffee and cocktails. Sign me up. <laughs> you know and magic
0: so um, is it is so, it more important for you this is what i kind of want to get at because do you, do you think it's more important to surround yourself with people you think are good or people you think are like you good absolutely understanding that your your perception of good is colored by your own experiences and biases yeah. and stuff like that i guess mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. i i think i think people overall would benefit a lot from surrounding themselves with people that disagree with them more
1: just get out of your echo chamber 100%. Get and out that, of your echo, chamber.
0: I mean, anybody who is chronically online knows it is very, very easy to fall into only agreeing with people. And the same is true if you're, especially if you're in a position of power or a position of relative authority within your friend group. It's very easy to only start and clean people that it's easy for you to interact with, which tends to be people who don't disagree with you. And that massively, massively stunts your growth as a person, as a professional across the board.
1: I, I couldn't agree more. And one of the things that I'm trying to focus on now very in very real and earnest senses, opinions that are dissenting from mine. Now, there's some I'm not going to revisit.
0: Right, if you're racist, some some, I don't some, care. some things yeah. are a line in the sand.
1: I appreciate that. Right, right. You know what I mean? It's like I'm very I'm very uh, pro-choice. I don't want to hear the pro-life stance. The, the mm-hmm. book is closed on that. in My brain, but if there's other things, particularly spiritual things or religious things. I I tend to be very close-minded with religion. Now I try you to. You describe yourself like, as
0: religiously close-minded.
1: I don't like organized religion. I'm very.
0: I suppose, but I I don't think that's a traditional definition of close-minded religion. Usually, when when you would expect expect someone to be a close-minded religion, they have chosen their faith, and they're kind of boxed out to others. But your faith is pretty man of the world.
1: Uh, Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I like people who – I want people to believe what they want, and I do think there's a certain kind of, like, universal – love and intelligence out there in a spiritual sense whether you call it yahweh or allah Mm -hmm. or god you know if you want to personify it do that organized religion gives me the heebie-jeebies my point is um i think it's important to you know if if you have someone with a dissenting opinion and you traditionally have dismissed it maybe listen to the podcast they listen to and then say okay you know this isn't for me that's what i'm trying to do now trying to engage With those media things. You told
0: me about this before, but you have people in your life who you disagree with about something and you'll say, okay, what makes you feel like that? What did you read or listen to? Where where did you get, what did you use to inform that stance of yours? Because you want to go investigate it without their scrutiny, without having to bat through them to do it and come to your own conclusion about it. And I think more often than not, it'll make you soften on it a little bit. I doubt it's not very often. I'm sure that you'll come over all the way, but at least, you know, you can walk a mile in their shoes and understand where they're coming from.
1: And what I don't want though, I want that, and I want that specifically because you know I, I can be argumentative, I'm a lawyer by training, many moons ago. Having a conversation with people where you are, even in an earnest sense, trying to investigate ideas and ideologies, it can feel combative. It can feel like, hey, you're picking apart everything I say. When all you're trying to do is say, look, I'm just trying to understand. Don't do that. Go to the source. And go to the source with an open mind. Say, I'm going to buy completely into this. I'm going to listen to it completely. I'm not going to be a skeptic. And then come out of it on the other end and say, okay, you know what? I, I am a skeptic. <laughs> I don't agree with any of this. But I think that's another important part when you're surrounding yourself with people. Choosing friends that you want in your life. Choosing that inner circle is about finding fundamentally good people. That's important but also finding people who have a different perspective on things. Get out of the echo chamber because good people, and then we forget this in our divisive world right now, particularly in the United States, good people can disagree. Now what we disagree on is important. I don't want to disagree about racism. I don't want to disagree about women's rights. I don't want to disagree about trans rights. I don't think there's two sides to that issue. I choose to be what in other people's perspective would would be closed-minded. I choose that. I embrace that. I don't want to see the other side of that issue. I don't think it's valid. But 99% of the other things in this world, I want to see the other side. There's nuance and, and I too, think right? as long as it's coming from a good person whose heart, you know, you can resonate with who you know like, you know, this is a good person, we just happen to disagree about this thing, let me see their perspective because I know at the end of the day they're a good person. What's tricky for me that.
0: sometimes is thinking if i had been if I'd had the experiences that person had and I've been raised in a situation that that person was. Can I imagine myself feeling the way they do? And oftentimes you can. Now, there's yeah. plenty of opinions where that's not an excuse for it. Like a couple of ones you listed, I fully, under, I fully agree with that. But you have to understand that people have arrived at these things, at these stances, and the way they are. Are people are a product of their surroundings and a product of their upbringing and a part of their experiences. And their experiences are so different to yours that you can end up, you know, irreconcilably apart. And sometimes yeah. it's okay to think those opinions are reprehensible. <laughs> that's fair enough. <laughs> I also think, you know,
1: from the perspective of trauma and growth, Mm -hmm. people have defense mechanisms. People have ideologies like Magneto versus Professor X. Sure. We all understand why Magneto feels the way he feels. He was put in an internment camp. Okay. He suffered a tremendous amount of trauma. He has a coping mechanism. He has an ideology based on it. I think that's really important. You don't, when you walk a mile in someone's shoes, you have the luxury of doing it in the best of times when people have suffered trauma, right? You don't walk that thousand miles experiencing their trauma and understanding how they've grown and built the armor or rebuilt themselves in light of all that and picked up different ideologies to give them strength and power and to help support them through those times. And that is certainly something I've learned in my life that people have gone through a lot of different things and they've developed different ideas and ideologies to get them through it. I have, you have, your parents. I mean, we're children of immigrants. Do you know what our parents have gone through to build themselves up in a new world and a new life, speaking a language that they weren't born to in a culture they weren't born to? It takes a lot.
0: And that, I mean, that changes who you are. It changes the things you look for in life. It changes the things you expect and changes the kind of people you surround yourselves with. My parents are quite closed off. They're very, very um, not introverted, but they're very selective about who they spend their time with. They have a very, very, Mm -hmm. very small, tight circle. And multiple times I spoke to my father and mother and they're like, we're not really looking to expand it. We're, we are Mm -hmm. fine with that. Every time I talk about that and he's like, oh, I've gone somewhere else. You know, he goes out for a drink with a friend and he's like, I just want to go home and hang out with your mom and watch TV. It, that, that, and there's no—he's like, I found a person that I want to spend all the rest of my time with, and every time I'm not with her, I'm like,
1: "Yep, come on." Any second now. Also, by the way, good on him. How fucking lucky is he?
0: I know, right? You know what I mean. Um, but you're right. I think it is—it is difficult to try and imagine, especially when you have somebody you so fundamentally disagree with. Try, but that—I I don't know if I advocate surrounding yourself with people who are completely polar opposite to you. But no. be be super wary of doing the opposite is the main thing.
1: I, I think like, you know, 75, 25 is good. You guys are on yeah, the same page, like 75%, 25%. And that means that they're going to pull from you. Hopefully they're open-minded. They're good. The key though, is you need good people. You can't yes. have a bunch of assholes who disagree with you. That's not going to work yeah, for you. Opinions
0: are less relevant than their ability to talk about them. I think I agree with that too. And,
1: and you've touched on another thing with your parents here is that is the real family you choose. Mm. Your, your partner in life that is the definition of family you choose yes 100 right and you find that you, when you hit that home run as i think you have with nikki um boy now you're cooking with gas as my dad used to say
0: there so, you're diesel. well Masha, i hope you go out today and you make some good choices about the family you keep and you have a good morning
1: i hope you do the same i know you will you're home with with nikki so you have a great morning